for your time, Kai. Welcome back to another episode of Typical Swish. I'm watching the Miami Heat play at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. It's currently 48 to 43, unless Danny Green makes this three, which he didn't. Miami Heat have the lead. The Sixers just kind of made a little comeback, but that's about all you'll hear about that game today. Today, I mostly want to get into the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks game and follow that up with the Golden State Warriors versus Memphis Grizzlies game. Those are the first two games I got to watch the second round and some pretty interesting stuff. I can't wait to get into it and break some stuff down. But there's also a couple other things I'd like to talk about. Uh, there's been some off-the-court drama, I guess kind of on-the-court drama, kind of pod, NBA podcast drama uh, between uh, The Ringer's author slash reporter Bill Simmons. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. He had some interesting things to say on The Ringer podcast in regards to the all-rookie team. So we'll get into that. I'd like to share a couple things with you and with regards to that, some sound clips that we'll break down and talk about. But anyways, I'm going to keep today pretty short. It's going to be a shorter episode as I'm getting ready to take a trip to Colorado with my roommates. We're going to go, we're going to be down there for about four days from the 4th to the 9th, I believe. And hopefully, I'm going to bring my microphone and hopefully I'm going to be able to record a Thursday episode for you guys there. Just depends on how busy we are there, how much downtime there is, if I can carve out about an hour to maybe record and then another hour to edit. Maybe I can get something done. But no promises for this Thursday. But hopefully, I'd like to get one done. So to start things off today, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks victory over the Boston Celtics. This final score ended up being... 101 to 89, Milwaukee took this game on the road. So initially I said that I couldn't really see the Bucks standing much of a chance in this series, which I'm going to stand with my prediction of Celtics in five or six. The Celtics haven't played in a week, so they're a little rusty. The Bucks have played more recently than them. Celtics did just look like a rusty team that needed to get a game under their belt. It's unfortunate they had to drop a game on the road to get back in the swing of things. The game felt pretty close throughout the whole thing. Celtics... I guess they had an eight-point lead early in the game, but after that, after the Bucks took the lead, they kind of just held on to it, and the Celtics would cut it to about six, five, six points sometimes, but the Celt the Bucks would always just have an answer. Celtics made 18 threes, shot 36%. That's kind of what the Milwaukee Bucks are going to try to get them to do, though. They want Marcus Smart to take threes. They want Derek White to take threes. Their whole defense is kind of predicated around giving up bad three-point shooters, giving up open looks to bad three-point shooters, I should say. But the Bucks, yeah, they impressed me. They looked a lot better in this game than they did in any of the games against the Bulls. Giannis was unreal. He ended up with a triple-double. He had 24 points, 12 rebounds, excuse me, 12 assists, and 13 rebounds. He only shot 9 of 25, and that Boston Celtics defensive scheme that they kind of used on Kevin Durant in the first-round series, they're kind of doing the same thing to Giannis Antetokounmpo which reflects on his poor field goal shooting. Uh, I believe he started the game uh, two for 11, but if you take away his first two for 11 uh, shooting, he was 50% after that. So take that how you will. Giannis had a couple big blocks. One of them I think should have been goaltending against Jason Tatum, but hey, that's going to happen, especially with Giannis who can go up there and get ridiculously crazy blocks. It's hard to tell up that high up. You're asking a lot out of the refs to make those kind of calls up in the air like that. Giannis was struggling Early in the game, it was kind of forcing some things, but he eventually got into his groove and 
realized what the defense was trying to do and kind of played into his advantage. He was excellent facilitating the ball. This kind of seemed like one of those LeBron James slash CP3 all-time performances. Even though he only had 12 assists, all of them were just so perfect, and the passes were on target. He didn't telegraph it at all. He reacted to the defense, and uh, he made the right play pretty much every time uh, after the first quarter. He was kind of forcing things in the first quarter, like I said, kind of playing into the Celtics' hands. Drew Holiday played an excellent game. He was 8 for 20, 3 from 5. He was 8 for 20, 3 of 5 from 3. He made all 6 of his free throws. He ended up with 25 points, and those were huge 25 points. Uh, Every time the Celtics would kind of start to go on a run, there was a Drew Holiday, tough post-up, mid-range floater, weird old-school baskets, but they were effective, and they were able to kind of hold off the Celtics' efforts a little bit in that second half. He ended up with 9 rebounds as well to go along with 5 assists and 3 steals. Played great defense, really frustrated. Marcus Smart, who we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, Bobby Portis gave you 15 points uh, and 11 rebounds. Just a great rebounding game for the Bucks. You had four guys in the starting lineup with nine or more rebounds. Brooke Lopez also gave you 10 points, or 10 rebounds, excuse me, four of which were offensive rebounds. Big time second chance opportunities there. Uh, off the bench for the Bucks, some stats for these guys. Pat Connaughton gave you eight points. He was two of four from three, three of six overall. Very efficient. He gave you five rebounds as well. Just like I said, a great rebounding night for everyone all around. Javon Carter, uh, they picked him up in the middle of the season from the Nets off the buyout market. He had a plus 25 plus minus. He was, uh, the plus minus is just such a funny stat when you got guys like Javon Carter leading the way. But he gave you seven points, two for four from the field, one of two from three. And then you got my roommate Sheldon Johnson's favorite player, Grayson Allen. Gave you 11 points. He was a plus five, four of eight from the field, three of six from three. Something that I thought was interesting about Giannis and how he was playing against this physical, up in your face kind of defense that the Celtics like to play. They can time up off the ball like they did Kevin Durant. But Giannis isn't Kevin Durant, man. Giannis can fight off, like he shed Jason Tatum off of him and then drove to the basket for an and one. KD is just gonna kind of stand there and try to fight it off, but he's not as physical as Giannis. Giannis loves to play that physical brand of basketball. And if they're not blowing the whistles, Giannis is going to be physical back. A couple things I think the Celtics could do differently on defense, even though, I mean, they held him to nine of 25 shooting. Something that could make his shots and playmaking a little more difficult is they're not picking him up too far past three point line. I think if you put pressure on him farther out and you just rely on that help defense that's already really nice for the Celtics. You just rely on that and pick up Giannis, take away that momentum he has going towards the basket because when he has that momentum, I mean, he's the hardest person in the league to stop with a full head of steam at the basket. But that's enough about the Bucks. On the Celtics side, uh, Tatum led the way scoring wise with only 21 points. He was six of 18, not a very good offensive night for him. He still played good defense, but he ended up with six assists, six rebounds, two steals to go with that. Not anything too special for him. And when Jason Tatum isn't playing and scoring, to his full capabilities, you need guys like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, even Al Horford to give you some offensive production, but that just was not there. Uh, Jalen Brown struggled so much, just struggled to even get shots off. Some of the shots he was taking just seemed so forced and outside of the offense. He ended up 4-13, 3-9 from 3, uh, only 12 points, not much playmaking either from Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, 
Ended up with 10 points, 3 of 11 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. He was forcing things as well. This Celtics offense kind of reverted back to the old habits they had at the start of the year when they were a 500 team. What makes them the best team in the league is that ball movement they have. The whole reason they brought in Derek White, the whole reason they got rid of Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson in the middle of the season the ball just wasn't clicking and moving around like it was in the net series, like it was in the last 30 games of the regular season. It's so frustrating to watch Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play like that. Other than the mediocre offense from the Celtics, their defense did look good. Like I said, they're going to make a couple adjustments. I fully expect he made Doka to change up the way they were guarding Giannis to prevent some of that playmaking. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just uh, kind of force the Celtics or force the Bucks to make their other guys beat you like Grayson Allen, like Wesley Matthews, which now that I'm saying it kind of sounds like a better idea than allowing Giannis to get 30 on you. I don't know. We're gonna have to see what happens in game two. A couple more things on the Celtics side. It was just kind of tough to see them go down with some injuries in the game. Marcus Smart's shoulder came out of place, which kind of hits home for me. I've had two shoulder surgeries. Uh, those stingers suck when it's just hanging out of place and you can do nothing about it. That's one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. So I'm not going to overreact to this Celtics loss at home, especially if they can win game two and get themselves playing the normal basketball they're used to. I still think the Celtics could potentially win this in five or six, just because I believe so much in their defense. And if they can not have the ball stick so much on offense, I don't think there's much that the Celtic, the Bucks can do on defense besides clog the paint. So the Celtics are going to need to hit some outside shots. But I'm going to stop rambling about this series and move on. So moving on to game one of the Golden State Warriors versus Memphis Grizzlies series. Right off the rip, I'd like to say this is a really, really crucial win for the Warriors. Tough loss for the Grizzlies to lose this game. Game one at home especially. They just gave up home court advantage. And the other thing that really stings is... They wasted an opportunity to win the game without Draymond Green playing. Draymond was ejected with about a minute left in the first half. Um, this was a perfect opportunity for the Grizzlies to step it up and score points without Draymond on defense. The Warriors went to this lineup with Draymond at center, which was giving John Morant and all his teammates a lot of problems. I always have been saying that Draymond Green at center is something that should happen for at least 20 minutes a game for the Warriors. Steve Kerr's kind of implementing the, uh, these lineups with Draymond at the five, Wiggins at the four, Steph Clay and Jordan Poole at the guard positions. We'll get into Draymond's ejection a little later and whether or not it should have been a flagrant two or if it should have just been a normal flagrant one or if it even should have been a flagrant foul. He had a lot to say on his podcast today that I listened to about it, so we'll definitely get into all that. But the final score of this game was 117 to 116. The Warriors edged it out. Like I said, John Morant had a good look at the end of the game, but the Warriors were ready for it. It was the same play that he ran in the previous series uh, to try to win the game. The Warriors were all over it. He got a decent look, but wasn't able to finish. The Warriors shot 48% from the field uh, against the Grizzlies, 43. The Warriors only hit 14 threes this game, as opposed to the Grizzlies, 16. Both teams shot it well from three tonight. What held the Warriors back late in the game and what almost lost them in the game was their free throw shooting. Clay missed two clutch free throws late in the game, nearly cost them the game, but in typical Clay fashion, uh, he was able to get the stop on the other end to prevent that from costing them. As we dive into the box score, we will find that John Morant and teammate 
Jaron Jackson Jr. led the way offensively. This is the best offensive game I've seen from Jaron Jackson Jr. this season, honestly. He was 10 for 18 from the field, 6 for 9 from 3, which is incredible. Uh, the fact that he's even shooting 9 threes is maybe a little worrisome if you're Taylor Jenkins. Uh, I don't know if I'd want him shooting 9 threes. I'd try to keep that around 5, but I mean, it didn't really matter last night. He ended up making 6 of them. He gave you 10 rebounds as well. And he only fouled three times, so we're gonna keep track during the playoffs of him and Dylan Brooks fouls. Only fouled three times, like I said. Played smarter, didn't go for as many dumb blocks as usual. And that led to him being able to stay on the court longer than 24 minutes. He gave you 31 minutes, which honestly I'd like him I'd like him to play about 35. But he stayed out of foul trouble, so kept him available on offense, which was big for them. Dylan Brooks ended up with eight points. Terrible shot selection this game. He plays like he's Kobe Bryant uh, without the jump shot. He was 3 of 13, 2 for 8 from 3. And he gave you 5 fouls, so he almost fouled out. Xavier Tillman uh, was in the starting lineup this game rather than Steven Adams. Steven Adams is in health and safety protocols with COVID. I guess he tested positive. We talked about him a little bit in the first round. He was a non-factor in that Minnesota series because he couldn't guard Carl Anthony Towns past the three-point line. Once he comes back from health and safety protocols, he's going to be huge because Xavier Tillman really didn't give you too much. He gave you 13 minutes in the starting lineup. Uh, he just didn't really look like he belonged out there, which is okay. He's a young player. He doesn't really belong in the playoff spotlight like that. But John Morant had 34 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds, so a near triple-double for Ja. He ended up going 14 for 31 from the field. He was shooting from three a little too much. He he shot all right from three. He was four for 11. But I'd like to see him take less shots from three and maybe just run that offense a little bit, get the ball moving a little bit more. Desmond Bain had a pretty bad game as well. He was three of 10 and only one for five from three. The only three he made was the one where Jaw was dancing before he even shot it. So maybe Jaw is a little good luck charm. Jaw is so funny with his dancing, man. He does it at the funniest times, in the middle of interviews, in the middle of a play. I love it. I love the energy he brings to the court. He's fun to watch. On the bench, you had Brandon Clark giving you 31 minutes off the bench, four for six from the field, four for six from the free throw line. He gave you nine rebounds and two blocks. Kyle Anderson came in, gave you 19 minutes. Pretty good defensively, but he's not looking to do too much on the offensive side of the ball. DeAnthony Melton, uh, my favorite backup point guard in the league. He had 14 points, 3 of 6 from 3, 5 for 8 from the field. He's a huge piece of what they like to do. Bringing him off the bench gives him space and shot creation, especially when Jaw's off the court. When Jaw plays with him, they look really good together. He was a plus 14. He had the best plus minus of the team. So look for him to get about 30 minutes next game. John Concharv came in. I don't even know why he played minutes last night. Uh, expect him to not play the rest of the series. He's such a liability on defense, especially against the Warriors, who will just expose him every time down the floor. My initial pick for this series was Warriors in six. But now that I watched the Memphis Grizzlies lose this game at home, game one, it's a very important game. It's a tone setter. Uh, I think the Warriors just look so good. And I mean, it took six of 11 from three from... Jaron Jackson Jr., he's not going to make that many threes again. You'd obviously expect Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks to pick it up a game where he's not playing well. I mean, if that's what it takes to lose by one is six threes from Jaron Jackson Jr. and unreal offensive performance from John Morant, the Warriors just overcame both of those things and looked great doing it. This is actually the 10th year of 
Yeah, this is the 10th playoff anniversary of Steph, Clay, and Draymond playing on the same team together, which doesn't seem like they have for that long, but I mean, they've been doing it a long time, and the chemistry they've built up is obviously showing against a young team like the Memphis Grizzlies. So my pick is the Warriors in five, and I know that's kind of a bold prediction. A lot of you guys that listen are Memphis Grizzlies fans, so you're not going to like the way that sounds, but the Grizzlies just need another year before they're able to beat a team like the Warriors. So one more thing before we move off the Warriors and Grizzlies actually, is I wanna talk about the Draymond Green flagrant foul, the flagrant two that was called that ejected him from the game. The reason this is such a big deal is because in previous playoffs, he, well, first let me say this, you only get four flagrant foul points in the playoffs before you get suspended for one game. And a flagrant one is obviously worth one flagrant point and a flagrant two is worth two. So he's already halfway to being uh, suspended for a game in the playoffs, which is very bad for the Warriors. Uh, it's what cost them a championship in 2016. I actually don't subscribe to that belief that they would have won if Draymond Green would have been suspended against LeBron and the Cavs. I think the Cavs still would have won. But nonetheless, that is very crucial. And I, I think that he needs to look into getting it rescinded because I think it has potential to be downgraded to a flagrant one. Now, throughout the day, I kind of agreed with Draymond Green that it shouldn't have been a flagrant two, and I still do. But watching the play over again, it's kind of hard to see, but he does smack Brandon Clark in the face pretty hard, which, yeah, that's a flagrant foul right there. The reason they gave him a flagrant two was because he kind of pulled his jersey down and it looks like he's pulling it down, but Draymond Green claims that he was just holding his jersey to make sure he didn't hit the ground too hard, which honestly, I believe. But in the video, it does look like he's pulling him down to the ground, when in reality, it's just the way momentum was carrying Brandon Clark. Draymond Green's arm was just going down, making it look like he was pulling him down. I'm not sure if the league will take this back or walk it back, especially because it's Draymond and he has a reputation for making plays like this. It's just unfortunate for the Warriors that they have to deal with that, but he's a dirty player. I mean, I think everyone besides delusional Warrior fans will admit that. So I think his reputation is ultimately what gave him the flagrant two, but the league claims that the flagrant two is because the first part of it was the original smack to the face, and the second part was him pulling him down to the ground by his jersey, which is tough because I think he was trying to hold him up. Now I think I just talked myself into thinking that this was a flagrant two. Um, if you guys know what I'm talking about or want to look into this and talk to me about this uh, and tell me what you think, I'd love to hear it. So let me know. And to wrap this podcast up for the day, there's one last thing I'd like to talk about, and it also got brought up in the Draymond Green show today that I was listening to. After he got done talking about his flagrant foul, he moved on to a subject with regards to an NBA reporter that works for The Ringer, uh, who I mentioned earlier, I guess, uh, Bill Simmons, who I've never been a big fan of, mostly because I think his voice is obnoxious, which it's also fair to think my voice is obnoxious. <laughs> but Bill Simmons has been in the game for a while. I've never followed his work too much. I don't think his writing is that impressive. But he has a lot of connections and is one of the bigger sports podcasts slash sports uh, writers, specifically NBA. I don't think he really covers anything besides the NBA. But uh, I'm going to put a clip in here and we'll talk about it after it plays. Do you have him second team forward, Bill? I, and I put him first team, first team all rookie. 
I had him put him over Jalen Green. Fuck Jalen Green. Hey, I don't do you, care. You're scoring forty points. Your oh, team's wow. nineteen and sixty. <laughs> wow! Congratulations, <laughs> Bill. Herb Jones was like guarding dudes in real games. <laughs> Bill, when I look back at my my ballot this year, now the, now the Houston people are going to be mad at me. I'm sorry. I like winning. I like winning players. I'm sorry. Jalen Green will get there. It's just that team was twenty one and sixty one this year or whatever. Anyway, sorry, Casey. And here is Draymond Green's reaction to that. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed that last night I reposted something from Clutch Points and and I had a little something to say. And it was Bill Simmons saying, F Jalen Green, I'm not putting him on. Like, for him to utter the words F someone out of his mouth lets you know that there's a little bit of hostility there somewhere. The fact that that guy has a vote and that guy who just said F Jalen Green will ultimately have a say if Jalen Green can sign a, a, a Supermax deal from the Houston Rockets or not. But for him to have a say in how much money me or, or how much money myself or other guys that play in this league can make, that's utterly ridiculous. So to provide some context on what Bill Simmons said and how he said it and why he said it, they were having a conversation about who they put on their all-rookie first team ballots and their all-defensive ballots. And Bill Simmons was making a case for rookie Herb Jones of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. He broke out in his rookie season as one of the best wing defenders in the game as, as a rookie, which is really impressive. And which is why Bill Simmons was probably a little overexcited and used the words he did. Now, I agree with Bill Simmons that Herb Jones has had a better rookie season than Jalen Green. As an NBA analyst, especially one with the platform of Bill Simmons, you gotta ha you gotta be a little more responsible than that. You can't just be going around saying "f this player" for no reason too. Because what does he have against Jalen Green to make him say "f Jalen Green"? It's just really confusing to me. Why didn't they edit this out of the podcast? This wasn't a live podcast. This was edited by someone. And so everyone at the ringer just was like, oh, let's let this slide. It's a huge deal. And why Draymond Green is also really pressed about this is because Bill Simmons has a vote along with other, he's not the only one, obviously. There's dozens of NBA reporters and analysts that get a vote. Uh, in the media to as to what player wins MVP, which players make all defensive, all NBA teams, all rookie teams, uh, all kinds of awards like that. That's up to the NBA media. And as a part of the NBA media, Bill Simmons has a vote. So it's a big deal because in the NBA, accolades that you accumulate over your career, or specifically in the current season, say if Jalen Green is in his fourth year of the NBA of his NBA career. That's the end of his rookie contract, and he's ex he's eligible for a rookie max deal that following season. So if he makes an All NBA team, he's eligible for about twenty million extra dollars on his contract that the Houston Rockets can pay him. Only the Houston Rockets are able to offer him that as the team that drafted him, by the way. So someone like Bill Simmons just throwing f Jalen Green around like that, he has a say in potentially how much money Jalen Green can earn throughout his career. So I agree with Draymond Green that this is reckless. This should be punished. Uh, he should lose his right to vote for NBA awards. And as for me, as someone who would like to do what Bill Simmons does full time, 
Uh, I mean, that's my dream job. And seeing someone just so recklessly throw around vulgarity like that uh, next to uh, NBA players' names. Listen, Bill Simmons wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for any of these players. So he needs to apologize immediately. Even if he does apologize, I think the, he should lose his uh, voting rights for All-NBA and NBA awards. And that is how I'd like to end today's episode. I'm not sure if there will be an episode on Thursday. I'm going to be away from home. I'm going to be in Denver. going to go watch one of my favorite artists, uh, Mike, perform on Friday. It's going to be a fun time. I'll have, I'll talk a little bit about that on the next episode. But hopefully I can get an episode out on Thursday, just a quick one, maybe run down a couple of the games. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Mavericks, Phoenix Suns series, along with the Sixers Heat series. And that's about all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys were able to follow along. This has been episode five of Typical Swish. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Yeah, blue face, I'm a rolly. Whole lot of ice, no gully. I'm in a place with no police, so that's your girl, she know me. I'm in a place with the homies, and they all know the drill, and they all in the field. I might put them in my will.